Hi, this is Stephanie Fay, and this is season two. Thanks for joining. Hi, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 9. I'm going to start this one a little bit differently and introduce the episode that I recorded earlier because it's a little bit dense and I'm covering a lot in a short amount of time. So I wanted to just give a bit of an introduction to the episode first before I go into the usual thought experiment and then the episode. So in this one, the theme is really about why do systems fall apart or why do they become dysfunctional? And as always, when I'm talking about a system, I'm talking about a family, society, an organization, even a person or a brain. These are all systems. And the main element of this episode and what we're talking about in terms of system sub-optimization has something to do with signal flow. So how signals and communication are flowing across nodes and through nodes and all that in different systems that we're talking about. And I'm taking this uh, not only from different types of research that I've been involved in over the years in terms of physiological data and heart rate data and all that, but also from years ago uh, when I used to work as an analyst for the Department of Defense. And that's somewhere where I got to really understand a lot about taking these zoomed out views and these meta analytic views of human behavior and patterns and really recognizing patterns in how data flows and how a lot of our behavior is based on signals and communicating different kinds of signals to each other. So I'm getting a lot of this episode from that as well. And in the following episodes after this one, We're going to go a bit deeper into this concept of signal flow and how it relates to more of us as on interpersonal and personal levels, and as well as our sense of psychological safety and well-being. And I really recommend subscribing to my newsletter because I write articles that complement these episodes and I write them at different times than I record the episodes. So it gives a little bit slightly modified or different perspectives that I use to to complement the episode. So that's just a quick intro into what we're talking about today. And thanks for joining. Let's start again with a thought experiment. Imagine if the sensory signals from your hand, so the signals that come from the different senses and sensory receptors from your hand, the touch and feeling and the deeper layers of your skin, all of that stuff. If the sensory signals from your hand were cut off from reaching the brain, but the brain was still able to send motor commands to your hand. So imagine that just for a second. Your brain is not receiving signals from what is going on with your hand and what it's experiencing but it's still sending commands to it. Now imagine just another scenario. Imagine that the communication pathways of that hand were using up all the resources for communication within the body so that the body was almost always or very dominantly receiving signals, the sensory signals from your hand and what your hand is experiencing 
but to the neglect of all other parts of your body and organs so that the brain's processes and everything that it's computing was almost completely based on the experience of just one hand and not the rest of your body. How well do you think you would function as an organism in that sense? So that's a reflection of today's episode where we're going to talk about hierarchies, subsystems, and signal flow, and when hierarchies are not serving the subsystems, what happens? So the previous thought experiment with the hand and the body could be an analogy of hierarchical dysfunction, or what we could call system suboptimization. So the brain is like a command tower in that sense, where it coordinates the signals it's receiving from the body and the senses, and what the body and the senses and the organs and the viscera, etc., what those subsystems of the body are experiencing. We can see that if the brain is not receiving signals from certain parts of the body, so certain subsystems, and the signals that are coming into the brain are dominated by one particular subsystem, that this could lead to sub-optimization, to dysfunction of the organism. So I want to go more into that in this episode and how this reflects in our society and our lives. But first, let's just talk about the nature of subsystems and hierarchies, just to go over that. I've touched on it briefly in other episodes as well. But basically, the world that we understand as humans tends to be organized with subsystems inside of or functioning within larger subsystems, and then those subsystems functioning or aggregating within larger subsystems. So for example, I touched on this in an earlier episode, but a cell in your body is a subsystem of an organ, and an organ is a subsystem of you, the organism, and you, the organism, are a subsystem of a family or a team or a class or a company. And then that subsystem, and so there can be overlap, that subsystem can be functioning within the larger subsystem of a community, then city, country, world, etc. This arrangement of subsystems within subsystems is a hierarchy. So there are higher levels, in a sense, larger, higher levels, that are coordinating activities for the smaller subsystems. And this makes sense. There needs to be a higher level that's able to coordinate all of these signals. Otherwise, cells would just be functioning by themselves. And if there's no communication to some sort of central place, central command tower, then they will all have their own functioning that may not work towards the larger system as a whole. And Part of how a system as a whole works is that the subsystems need to be able to regulate and maintain themselves in service of the larger system. So if one subsystem, this can be a cell, an organ, or if you're looking at a community, a family, and then you have an individual person, if one person is person or cell or subsystem is not functioning or regulating or maintaining itself, 
it's introducing instability to the entire system, which then requires extra resources for that repair and restoration. This uses resources that are then not being used for the larger system as a whole. And this can happen temporarily as we, as you know, certain systems are helping repair other systems, but it can't be in a perpetual cycle of that, or there won't be an ability for the entire system to complexify and coordinate all the other subsystems in order for all of those substance subsystems to contribute to the optimal functioning because it will be tied up in a constant cycle of repair or feeding into the goals of a very specific subsystem. So what we want are our subsystems, whether this are, these are our cells we're talking about, organs, or people. So the members of a family, members of a community, citizens of a country, for them to be self-regulating and self-maintaining to a certain degree so that they can function to serve the larger system as a whole. In order for that to happen, there needs to also be this hierarchy and a larger system a some type of central command, in a sense, that is serving all of the subsystems within it so that all of them are able to maintain and regulate and function optimally for the entire system. So as soon as this becomes lopsided or asymmetrical or one small group within the larger system, so let's take the example of a community, a government, a country, a society, as soon as that becomes very geared towards only one subsystem within that, it's now creating suboptimal behavior for the entire system. So let's just bring it down to a personal level. Within your family, for example, there may have been certain situations or certain dynamics that felt like they used up a lot of the resources of the coordinating members. So those are generally going to be what we call the caregivers, the people who are at the top of the hierarchy, right? This is not inferior, superior. This has nothing to do with who has more rights or power. But in nature and in systems, there does need to be some form of a hierarchy where there is a certain unit or node that can do some of the coordination of the other subsystems in order for all of them to serve the bigger purpose of the system. So in this case, we'll talk about a family. So we can't have everybody on equal level, when, especially when children are young. There needs to be some type of hierarchy in order for, especially because when children are young, they're not yet self-regulating. And we've talked about that in previous episodes, that we are not born with self-regulating capacities. Those need to be modeled to us by members of the human species who have a more mature and well-developed prefrontal cortex. So as children, we can't be the highest level of the hierarchy within our family because we are not yet self-regulating. So within a family, the role of the caregiver is to receive signals, or the caregivers, is to receive signals from the subsystems, which are the family members, in order to coordinate the overall functioning of the family. So we can see a breakdown happening for a few different reasons. One can be that the 
caregiver of the family, the head of the family, if you want to call it, may not be self-regulating themselves. They may not be able to do that. That is going to create a breakdown in that person's ability to coordinate all the signals that it's receiving, that they are receiving. We can also see a breakdown and a sub-optimization of the family functioning if one particular channel or node, such as a certain member, dominates the signal flow between that member and the caregiver or the coordinator to the detriment of the other members. That isn't always the case. There can be a member who requires more assistance in self-regulating and self-maintaining. This can still work within a system as long as the other members are able to self-maintain and self-regulate. So that's an example of this idea of hierarchy and signal flow, in a sense, within a family. We also see this in the brain. So in brain activity of someone who's having a lot of anxiety or different mental health challenges, we can see different types of under or over activity in terms of communication signals within systems. This is something called hypercoherence or hypocoherence. So hypercoherence is when there's almost like a locked-in rigid communication pattern happening within particular regions, particular subsystems of the brain, but to the detriment of the overall communication flow within the brain. Hypocoherence is when there seems to be a lack of communication between different regions or subsystems that would be helpful for the overall functioning of the organism. In the brain, we can see the command tower more or less as that frontal area, the prefrontal cortex, is where we see this idea of the executive functioning and coordination. But remember, just to keep along with these examples, is that the brain doesn't light up by itself. If you have a brain in a jar, it's not going to do anything. The only reason it is lighting up or activating is because it's getting signals from other subsystems within the body. So the more signals it has from what the rest of the body is experiencing, the better it can become at accurately allocating resources and giving commands to the body to optimize its functioning. Less data, less signals from different areas of the body are going to result in more of an inaccurate or inefficient or incomplete picture of what is actually happening. So let's zoom that out as well to human society. In order for the organizations that we have, the organizations that we create within our human societies to help us with coordination of resources and activities, in order for those organizations and coordinating units to have the best picture possible for the entire functioning of the system, they need signals from all these areas. When one subsystem's goals, I'm just going to review this again, when one subsystem's goals, so that could be one class of people or one caste of people or one type of community, one subgroup within a human society, when their goals dominate at the expense of the total system's goals, this results in behavior that we call suboptimization. And what we can see here is there is a sense of hypercoherence within that particular subsystem, that subgroup of humans. There's a hypercoherence of 
these signals coming from that particular subgroup and the experiences of that subgroup feeding into the coordination center of these higher levels of the hierarchy. And this can actually lead to a system trap called success to the successful, which is like a positive reinforcing feedback loop where it just gets stronger and stronger, more hyper-coherent, and continues to amplify itself to the neglect of the signals and experiences of the other subsystems. The reason why this leads to suboptimization is because the purpose of a hierarchy and the coordinating units at the higher levels is always to help its originating subsystems to do their job better. And those jobs are for the overall functioning of the system. So another example would be if a CEO serves his bank account and his family at the expense of the optimal functioning and goals of the employees, which can include their personal well-being and their motivation, that is a violation of the nature of the hierarchical system because it is not meant to serve only one subsystem. It is meant the actual, the highest levels of the hierarchy are meant to serve the originating subsystems. And those subsystems are meant to serve the overall functioning. So that's the other piece. The goals of each subsystem need to be aligned with the larger system itself, not be different. When they are different, when one subsystem's goals do not align with the other subsystem's goals, there's a pulling away of resources more heavily in one direction versus the other, and other subsystems then all start pulling away and trying to obtain resources from the system. So this also results in this breakdown. And what we see in systems is that when there is this breakdown, you more clearly see the splits between the subsystems. Because the other nature of hierarchies and subsystems is that the communication within subsystems is always denser than the communication between them. So there are, you know, subgroups. Let's do human society. There are subgroups. And the communication patterns in those subgroups are always going to be more on that hyper-coherent level. So much denser than subgroup to subgroup communication. And when a system starts to become less optimized and break down, those cracks and those splits become much more clear because each little subsystem is now fighting for the resources of the larger system. And these are competing goals now. These are competing directions. So they're pulling apart. They're not coming together and unifying. And now we see a reinforcing feedback loop, which is that these splits and divides within these subgroups now create even more hypercoherence within those groups, which then pulls in resources of those subsystems to maintain those communication signals and the hypercoherence, those networks become denser and denser with less communication and less energy freed up to create communication channels among the groups, between groups, across groups. So what we're seeing is the nature of breakdown within a system. So let's talk about human society, but this can also be on a community level and a family level, is related to the goals of one subsystem dominating at the expense of the total system's functioning and in competition with the other subsystem's goals.
So in order for us to think about ways to deal with this, whether this is within our family and sometimes our personal level is the place to start, but it's also helpful for us to be thinking and expanding our view wider and to higher levels of how each of us as subsystems and the groups we are part of as subsystems to a much bigger whole, how we play a part within this giant organism of the human species. Because the human species is a system, and we know this because of the interconnected nature of signals communication. So the fact that we are so connected in terms of signal flow is an indication that we are one giant organism of some sort. So I like to think of humans as neurons within a system, that we are creating communication channels among all the different cells and nodes in order to function as an organism on this planet. But what we need to look at is what the goal of an organism is. And so if we're looking at the human species, for example, as one giant organism, the goal of, let's say, one organ in an organism might be to assist in digestion. That doesn't mean that digestion is the goal of the entire body. And same thing with the subsystems that are, that are exist within the human species. Just because a goal might seem to be something for one subgroup to amass more resources, for example, have more territory, that type of material accumulation, for example, is not necessarily the goal of the entire body, the entire organism. So what we can reflect on is the goal of each subsystem and how that plays into a larger whole. Within our family, if we want to bring that down to a more personal level, the goal of you, for example, as the possible coordinator of a family or member, can look at what is the overall goal of this family. So part of it is going to be optimal functioning of all members, but then also what is the goal of this family within the community, which could be to serve the overall optimal functioning of the community. What is the goal of that community and your family within the subsystem of that could also be to look at the optimal functioning of the city. What, in my experience, this does is it helps activate a sense of purpose and new ideas of what different things can occur within a family that can be helpful for the larger systems. So that might be something like having a focus on the idea of self-regulation and being able to focus your awareness or create a desired inner state as a way to help the overall functioning of that family, which then allows that family to not be consumed with its own emotional dysregulation, and it allows that family to serve a larger purpose, and each of those members to figure out what their bigger purpose is in the world. And I will be trying to go into that in a future episode, but that idea of that self-transcendent purpose, that purpose of how we are serving the larger system, I think is one of the natural states that we are seeking to experience. So when we don't feel like we're aligning with that purpose, I think that's a lot of times when we feel distress. So that's just something to think about on that family level. So lastly, 
I'm going to look at two more aspects of how we can think about how to create optimal functioning of the different systems that we are part of in terms of this idea of hierarchies and signals and interconnectedness. One is to, as I said in the previous section, to think about the goals of the larger system. The more unified and universal the goal, the more the other subsystems are going to be able to work towards the same goal. And this is going to contribute to a more efficient functioning of the system. Because as all subsystems are working towards that same goal, the command center now does not need to create that hyper-coherent type of signaling to only one system in order for that system to dominate and achieve its goals. So the more of us that can become aware of what the overall goal is of the human species system the more we will be in tune with activities and skills and tools that will help us become self-regulating and self-maintaining in service of that. And one way to become more aware of what that larger purpose is for the human species subsystem is to look at what does create the optimal functioning of each individual cell within that system. Because if each individual cell of that system is functioning optimally, We are now creating a state, a self-maintaining, self-regulating state within the system that allows it to communicate more efficiently and achieve its goals. So if we break that down and we look at what helps an individual human, an individual cell function at its most optimal state, one thing that we can start to see is a pattern of the requirement for safety, psychological and physical safety. And I want to go into that in one of the next episodes where I'm going to talk about why safety is the underlying condition that's required for optimal functioning of each individual organism. And part of this has to do with signal flow and something called signal suppression. So this is also where we're going to see trends in, and you've already seen it, trends in organizations thinking a little bit more about human well-being and mental health and psychological safety within the organizations. Because there's a trend of, because we are a complex adaptive system and we are evolving and our collect our intelligence is becoming more interconnected and collective, we are starting to get more signals coming from lots of different subsystems of distress and suboptimal functioning because of that distress. And so this is It's increasing in our collective awareness, in a sense, because of this communication flow that's increasing from these subsystems that that well-being and thriving are needed by all these systems in order for us to be functioning optimally as an entire system. And part of why we're seeing this is because of this breakdown that occurred. And so some organizations and communities and larger systems are really starting to become attuned to the idea that there is a universal requirement, biological requirement for psychological and physical safety in order for that subsystem, whether it's an organization or a community or a business or a classroom, that anything that is not leading to a condition of psychological safety and well-being and self-regulation and self-maintenance. If it's not there, there are breakdowns of the system and they're not performing optimally. So we are starting to become more aware of how important it is for the subsystems of anything we are part of to be functioning optimally. And part of that is in alignment with this idea of self-maintaining and self-regulation, which requires psychological safety. 
So let's end with a reflection question. What do you think the goal of the human species system is? And is the human species system a subsystem of something larger? And what is that? Could the planet as a whole and the human species as a whole be playing a larger role within the solar system? As an example, what could that be? And what, does, what is the role of your tribe as a subsystem within the human species system play? And is your tribe communicating with other subsystems? And how does the goal of your tribe, if you can think of what that is, how does it align with the goal of the human species system that you thought of? And then what do you as an individual cell within your tribe, within your group, how do you contribute to the overall well-being of that tribe? And how do your goals align with that tribe? So those are just some reflection questions that you can think about. If you like the material in these podcast episodes, I would really appreciate if you can leave a review and subscribe and also check out my website. I share a lot more stuff on there and there's my weekly newsletter that you can subscribe to where I give a lot more in-depth information that complements the podcast. That's at stephaniefay.com. And there's also my YouTube channel. You can just look up Stephanie Fay and my Instagram, which is Stephanie F. Fay. And thanks so much for your support and for joining me here. I really appreciate all the feedback I get and the encouragement I get as well. You can email me questions or anything you like at hello at stephaniefay.com. Thank you.